0: Hey, this is Mr. Anderson. Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here. But right now, talking all things wrestling with my man, Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. Yo, monkey. It's me, D. G- D.P., the king of bottom things, the master of the diamond cover, the three-time,
1: three-time, three-time world champion, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey? Well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. And that's not a bad thing, a good thing. Bang! New two out of three falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. Uh Wednesday, May 9th. I'm Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J Cruz, R-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. I'm joined by Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Graham, my man, how you doing?
0: Doing all right, Randy. How about yourself? Doing all right,
1: and I'm also joined by Mark Raimondi from MMAfighting.com, sometimes Cage Side Seats and SB Nation. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raymondi. Mark, my man, how you doing? Hello, sir. Okay, so now when when someone asks you how you're doing, and you re- and you respond, "Hello, sir," uh, look,
2: man, how you doing? Is <laughs> yeah, that's hypothetical? That's how, no one. No one actually listen. <laughs> When someone asks you how you're doing, they don't give it. They don't give a shit how you're uh-huh. doing. It's a hypothetical question. It's like saying "What's up?" No one, no one's actually asking you "What's up?" And if you if you give them this long diatribe about what's actually up, they're gonna look at you like you got three heads because no one cares. It's just a, it's a hypothetical greeting. Where you been, Randy? Come on, man. So my thing is, if, get, if you, get if, it together.
1: If you ask me, hey man, so, hey Rand, what you been up to, and, and I'd be like, hey man, are you are you gonna be cool with that response?
2: Uh, yeah, because I mean, listen, it's not personal, but I really don't <laughs> I don't care what you've been up to, man. No, I'm just I'm just playing. Yeah, that's but that's, that's like that's like a that's like a small talk, pleasantry greeting. If I really wanted to know, you know, what's going on, I would it would be it wouldn't be the opener to the conversation. It would be like, you know, a, cu- a couple ticks down. You know what I'm saying?
1: Graham, I think we just we just heard the official heel turn from Mark Raimondi on the show.
2: What are you talking about? I've been, I've been a heel this whole time. I don't know. You, I, you you where you,
1: you been. You've been a tweener, you've been like Nakamura, I mean you're a tweener, but now you're a full Hollywood Hogan fucking heel now.
2: I'm playing I'm playing uh I'm playing the belt guitar right now with my imaginary gold belt. If,
1: if you were in a ring right now, people were throwing so much garbage at you, like Bash of the Beach.
2: Man, F those people. They can stick it. <laughs> they can stick it. <laughs>
1: In in, in in true heel fashion, but but then you know what? In in, in about a year, you turn baby and don't and go back and forth like big show.
2: Nah, man, I'm never, I'm never, go, I'm never turning. I'm like Roman Reigns. I'm never turning. I hear that. I respect that.
1: Uh, anyways, welcome to a brand new episode. We're we're trying to find some things to talk about. Uh, we got backlash review. We got Money in the Bank coming up. Uh, I think in, in a month and a half, but they have some qualifiers. I think we we'll, we would rarely get to. A, Anything that happened on Raw, SmackDown, uh, and we got a, a, a anniversary of In Your House, Cold Day in Hell from May of 1997. So you know me, you know we we like to you know take you guys back to some anniversaries of pay per views and matches for back in the day. But anyway, Backlash happened like basically a week after the Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, you know they did not waste any time giving us another pay per view. Uh, the build was so so. Um, we all saw it. We all have opinions on it. But let's go. Through, let's go through the card real quick. Um, I think I think everything should be really quick. Uh, we had Seth Rollins keeping the Intercontinental Title against the Miz. I think we all kind of um, agreed with that. Any thoughts on the IC title match, uh,
0: Graham? Yeah, I thought it was a great match. That it was a good way to kick off the show. I thought the whole, the show was. All downhill from this point, but um, and the, and the weird thing was that the match was the most predictable in the entire show too. I mean, I never doubted for a second that uh, Rollins was going to win. But they got you those false finishes towards the end there. Those two skull crushing finales was great. Rollins going for the curb stomp off the top rope. I thought it was a really really good match, uh, both from Rollins and Miz. I think he deserves credit as well. Um, but yeah, just a great way to kick off the show, and the, uh, obviously the right person won.
2: Mm,
1: I thought I thought it was a great match. I thought it was the best match on the card as well. Mark IC title match.
2: That that was that was a fantastic match, uh, and, and this is probably going to be a very negative conversation here in a few minutes, guys. But right. uh, that match was awesome. Uh, the Miz has, I mean, he has improved exponentially in the ring over the, over the last. I mean, I mean, he's been easing around for a while, but even recently, he's he's gotten better. Uh, Rollins, I feel like, is on another level. I think Rollins is on a. I mean, on the main on the main roster, he is the wrestler of the year. Uh, for my money, and I, I would put him on the, on the list of, of wrestlers of the year overall in the world with the Will Ospreys and the Zack Sabre Juniors and the Minoru Suzuki's and the Johnny Gargano's. He's, I thought he, I think he's been phenomenal. That match was great. Uh, I can't say enough about how good that match was. I, it was one of my favorite matches in WWE uh, on the main roster all year, if not my favorite. It was, it, it was really, really, really good. Maybe I, I want to say it, it might have been my favorite match since AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar uh last year uh, i thought it was really really good and uh it just it's unfortunate that it was the opener of the show that turned out to mm. not be a good show it was like okay we got this amazing match and now we're following it with with uh, a whole bunch of uh not so great stuff
1: so would you say seth rollins had a better wrestling year than aj styles
2: i think he definitely has and i don't think that's aj styles fault i think i think uh i think aj styles is is great mm but with with the position that they put both those guys in Rollins has taken the ball and had I mean his match with Finn Balor last week was outstanding this match was great he had a he got a good match out of mojo Rawley on raw uh wow so yeah I mean uh it, I, th- I think he's had a better year it's still early it's only it's only may I mean that could certainly change right but uh I don't think AJ I don't think AJ Styles has had like a four-star, you know, four-star plus caliber match really yet, Uh, at least a singles match.
1: Uh, After that, we had Nia Jax defeat Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's title. Uh, I think we all had Nia Jax on the preview um, last week. I thought this was okay. I know Mark said everything after Seth Rollins and Miz went downhill, but I thought this was decent. Not great, but um, any thoughts, Graham, on Nia defeating Alexa?
0: Yeah, it was fine for what it was. I thought the mini match was better. That's not saying much because that was decent at best, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it served its purpose. Nia Jax went over. I mean, it went a little longer than it probably should have, but, yeah, no, it was fine. It wasn't terrible. I think what really got people talking was that awful post-match promo, which the whole Nia Jax thing, I think she's been doing good as a babyface so far with her promos and her character work and stuff. But that post-match promo of hers that she cut on Sunday felt so forced, especially when she dropped the whole "be a star" line. It's like, oh my god, it was so <laughs> cringeworthy. But beyond that, I think that got more people talking than the match itself. But the match as a whole, I thought was okay. Mark, Nia, Jax, Alexa Bliss.
2: Uh, not as good as their WrestleMania match, but I, I thought it was kind of low-key, a uh, pretty solid match mm. on uh, on the card in New Orleans. I thought this was, I thought this was fine. It was, it was good. It was. Uh, it was not bad by any stretch. I thought it, it served its purpose. I thought Naya has has gotten better in the ring too. I I'll, I'll, I'll have to give her credit. There was a, there was a point where she was she was injuring her opponents. I know they had the whole thing where we're saying Alexa Bliss was injured, but I'm not really sure how legit that is. But uh, yeah, I mean, pro- I think I think uh, pr- you know, props to Naya and then I think it, I mean, yeah, as, as Graham said, that that <laughs> that promo kind of made everyone forget about. That the match was actually pretty decent because the promo was like, "What? What? What? what what's What's exactly. happening here?" But uh, the match itself, I thought was was solid. Uh,
1: then we had the U.S. title match: with Jeff Hardy going over Randy Orton. I think we all picked Jeff Hardy to win that match. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you this time: Jeff Hardy over Randy Orton. Anything special from this match?
2: Ooh, no, 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 no! This is where <laughs> it kind of started yeah. to go. It started yeah, to kind of start uh, creeping creeping yeah. downhill a little bit unfortunately uh not not a whole lot there uh, I feel like this match was kind of straight out of 2005 or 2007
1: yeah I know uh, yeah I did Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton had been around so long and I think they I think they were going for the, for the world title back in um 708 so yeah um Graham Jeff Hardy or Randy Orton.
0: Uh, no, I thought it was good. I didn't. Think, I didn't think it was a bad match. I thought it was the ber- third best match on the show, to be honest with you, which is not saying much because the rest of the show is shit. But I mean, coming into the show, they really didn't have a problem with each other. There was no established exactly. bad blood or any real feud. It was just two baby faces fighting over a belt. That's really all that it was. People were chanting for fucking Rusev Day early on, and Orton and Hardy are both over guys. But it's like, why should we care when there's really no feud at stake here? Um, no, it was good. I thought it was well wrestled. I thought it was cool how they kind of played off the finish of their previous encounter at the Rumble in 08 when Hardy went for the twist of fate and RKO or Orton would then reverse that attempt at a reverse the end of the RKO and Hardy reversed that too. I thought that was cool, but overall a good match. Hardy won clean. That's pretty much all I can say about it.
1: Then we had the shortest match of the night by time. Daniel Bryan defeating Big Cass by submission. Uh, Graham, I'll start with you. With Daniel Bryan over Big Cass. Uh, I thought it was, you know, it went and nothing really special about this match. Um, but I also want to act. I want to throw in a, a, a part B question to that. Uh, um, as a fan, are you along the lines where Daniel Bryan with his whole comeback and everything should be more like how should be used more like how Brock Lesnar is used, where it, it, it's more of a of a special attraction kind of thing as opposed to him now being at WrestleMania, being at backlash, being at, at the greatest Royal rumble, um, being in Mo- a money in the bank, qualifying matches Were you seeing him too much, too often. Or do you think that they should have saved him to be like once every few months
0: for the match itself? I mean, it, it happened is really all that I can say about it. It, it happened. Right. Um, I didn't think it was bad, But I think it was proven that Daniel Bryan is not a miracle worker. I mean, this was not a bad match, but it's like Big Cass is just not good. The guy's gotten better on the mic, but the guy is really not as good as the company thinks he is. And the fact he tapped out clean in like two seconds, it's like, what the fuck is the point of this whole feud? Unless it's over, but based off the fact that Cass attacked him afterward, I would assume it's not, but he wasn't on SmackDown. This whole thing is fucking weird. Um, With Daniel Bryan... I said it before, right when he got cleared. We talked about it here in the show, and I'm still going to say it right now. I think Brian being a regular in the roster is for the best. Mm-hmm. I don't think he needs to be part time. There's way too many dream matches to be had with Daniel Bryan um, to just keep him being uh, being a part time competitor. It's really all how it comes down to how they book him. I mean, losing to Rusev clean wasn't the biggest you know offense in the world, just because it's I don't know Rusev deserved the victory, but it's like. If he lost the big cast, I mean, why are they wasting a Daniel Bryan, like his first real feud back on fucking big cast? No one gives a (laughs) shit. So it's like you have such a stacked roster and Uh then you waste his first pay-per-view match back, a singles match on big cast. It's like, who cares? The crowd could not have given two shits about this match. So I still maintain that Bryan should be a full-time guy on the roster. I think it benefits SmackDown greatly. Um, but they got to. I'm not saying they've been, oh my God, they've been burying Daniel Bryan. Like, get over yourself. Just because he lost one match is not that big of a deal. Um, but I do think they can, I don't know, put him in better feuds. Almas is coming in soon. They have Rusev. They can do a full fledged feud out of that. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think Big Cass is the answer. But I would hope that going forward, they will, you know, put him in better feuds or at least against people that I care about, not fucking Big Cass, who just uh, does nothing for me personally.
1: Mark. Daniel Bryan, Big Cass, what do you think?
0: Well, it was there. True,
2: it happened. True. It was a match. It uh, It was not. You know, Dale Bryan is is the kind of guy who can carry a lot of people to good matches, and uh, I, I guess we kind of found out where where Big Cass was on Sunday. He's not at that. He's just not at that point yet, and and maybe it was a lot to ask of him coming back from a long time off, you know, I'm going to, maybe we'll chalk it up to ring rust. I don't know. I mean, the guy is, the guy is, you know, he's gigantic. He's, he's a, he's a good looking guy. His promo skills are getting a little better. He's not old. So I'm sure that they want to invest in him, but I don't know if he's ready for that kind of a, a top feud at this point. Uh, And I mean, I don't care as much that, that, you know, that it was, that it was Brian's first, like singles match, like yeah, that's fine because there will be great matches coming. Uh, you know, SummerSlam is SummerSlam's a long way away. They're going to save a really big one for SummerSlam, I think. I hope. So I'm not. I wasn't upset about that. But now we've kind of seen where Cass is at. If it was, if it was an experiment to see where he was at. Okay, I get it, and we we found that out. So maybe we'll dial it back a little bit and, and go in a different direction. But we'll 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 see what happens.
1: So, are, are you of the mindset that Danny Bryan, you're fine with him being a, a regular, active wrestler on the roster as opposed to being more of the special attraction kind of thing?
2: I had said that I thought it was it was a better idea to have him be a special attraction, uh, and I I still feel like that a little bit. But I'm never going to complain about more good Daniel Bryan matches out there. I'm not. I mean. I, I mean, I, it's, it's part of me feels like he is that level where he can and maybe should be a special attraction where he's only wrestling, you know, singles matches on the big shows and, and maybe, you know, a tag match here or there on, on SmackDown. Him wrestling singles matches on SmackDown is, is still a little bit weird to me. I feel like, you know, you can position him as being someone who is mm-hmm. who is above that a little bit, you know, as a bigger star. But they've already had him wrestle big casts and, you know, on Backlash. So obviously they're not going to position him that way. And just as far as, uh, you know, me being being a big fan of his in-ring work, I'm not going to complain about more Daniel Bryan wrestling.
1: So I, I would assume that going forward, they're going to make this comeback for him. You know they're gonna they're gonna draw it out. They're gonna make him wait, uh, whether it's becoming champion or whatever. Because if he's not he's not you know does it kind of update people. He's not in the Money in the Bank ladder match uh, next month. He did lose to Rusev in the qualifying match on SmackDown. So we're kind of intertwining both. Um, but they did you kind of see him on the ring apron, just, just upset and sad, and the the, the 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 fans are chanting his name. So I, I'm assuming that you know with his long process coming back. For him, for him to be on top of the game and being world champion or something to that extent, I think it'll take a while. So you know, I don't want the fans to be like, "Oh, they're not letting Daniel Bryan win." At the same time, Rusev finally gets a a, a fucking win, so I think that that's good. But I think they're gonna make Daniel Bryan wait this whole thing out.
2: Probably, and and you know, I see, I can imagine him probably facing The Miz at SummerSlam. That's kind of what I mean. That that's that that makes sense. Um, uh, they'll probably start that at some point over the summer, and then I mean, it, it, he should be getting some kind of a and the, and the mis the mismatch doesn't need a title, but then I eventually see him obviously being in the title
1: yeah. picture.
2: Him him against AJ Styles or him against Nakamura next year at WrestleMania, I think would be amazing. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they'll. they'll I, I, I'm okay. There's a lot of things WWE is doing wrong uh, right now, and 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 I don't think this is one of the more glaring ones. So,
1: Graham, uh, do you know who Carmella beat at Backlash? Uh,
0: I'm not sure. Was she Ric Flair's daughter? I I don't know. I haven't heard. I of know because Carmella
1: months. keeps repeating herself. So it's like you know, guess who I beat? I beat I beat her. So I'm, I want to make sure you knew who she beat at Backlash.
0: Uh, I don't know. She didn't say it enough times on the pay-per-view or on SmackDown, <laughs> so I forgot. The match was so bad, I try to forget it.
1: Uh, yeah, so Carmella defeated Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, uh, retained the SmackDown women's title. I think we all picked Carmella uh, to retain. I think it was too short uh, of time for her to lose it back to Charlotte. Um, but yeah, you just mentioned the match. It happened. It wasn't all that great. I think that that's the, that's the theme of Backlash this year. But, you know talk about it. Carmella defeating Charlotte Flair.
0: I don't know. It wasn't really that good. It really wasn't. I mean, I like Carmella, unlike some people, but um, she's good. I mean, she, I thought she did well in the build up to this pay-per-view. I thought yeah. on the mic, I thought she was great. And the feud was actually enjoyable. The match, though, I mean, this was her opportunity to come out and have a, not maybe not a five-star fucking classic, but at least... Show me that she is a good fit for that champion role right now. And she really didn't. She did nothing in this match to make me think, okay, this run can produce a lot of good matches. She really didn't. She's in the ring with one of the best the company has in Charlotte. Not even she could get a good match out of Carmella. I thought this was a, a really a piss-poor performance from both women here, more so Carmella, but just not a good match in the whole Um, Carmella did technically win clean, I guess. I mean, she held on to the title, which was the right move. Mm. Um, But it it looks like they might be setting up Charlotte to win the Money in the Bank briefcase and then the cash in on Carmella as a way to kind of get back at her for her her losing the championship the way that she did a month ago, which would be, I don't know, just the the whole Charlotte thing. And they're kind of like Roman Reigns positioning her as an underdog where I I just can't fucking buy it. Charlotte as an underdog, give me a break. They're just so miscast right now. It's ridiculous. Um, but as a match, I thought this was easily the worst thing in the entire show.
1: Mark Carmella, Charlotte Flair.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny Um, well, Luisa Graham. It's like they they only know how – all of a sudden they only know how to build baby faces as underdogs, whereas that's not – I mean it only works for certain people, Charlotte Flair and, and Roman Reigns not being – Either neither one of them are those type of people. I, I felt the same way too about how uh, uh, Oscar early on when they when they were first like building her up, where she was like she was get like the uh, her opponents would have like eighty percent of the offense in the match, and then she'd be the other like not every not every match has to be the babyface getting beaten up eighty percent of the time and then coming back and winning. Like you can you can do something different. Like that's that seems like the formula right now uh, for some of the matches of, of the babyfaces they're trying to build. Uh, I, I'm fine with Carmella winning. I think Carmella plays her character really well. I don't think she's much of an in-ring worker at this point. Uh-huh. Charlotte is, but Charlotte is not actually at the point where she can carry someone to a great match. Who is not, who is not like at that level as far as uh, technical ability goes and and kind of basics go. She can do it with someone who's kind of more experienced. Like Nat- Natalia can do that with someone who is uh you know kind of a little more green like like Carmella is, but. Charlotte I guess is not is not there at that point at this point uh it really wasn't a great match uh Charlotte, Charlotte I guess had surgery this week so she I don't know what they're doing with her uh now but Carmella winning I'm, I'm fine with that but I'm her I'm just not gonna get in her into her matches so I mean the matches that she's gonna have unless they're like multi-person matches where you can do some different things like I'm just not gonna be into a, a Carmela match she's just not she's just not that good in ring
1: after that we had um a no contest to a no DQ match if that even makes any fucking sense. Uh AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura for the third time in like a month for the WWE Championship. AJ retains. Uh I assume this rivalry it will continue through Money in the Bank. Um again a a, a third match that to me guys again whether it's the crowd or the placement on the card, you know, they, they were match number seventh um, at Backlash. And again, it just feels like the crowd either is not into it or whatever they're doing in the ring is not to what the fans want to see, not the high-flying stuff or whatever. whatever for whatever reason um, that's happening, every time AJ and Nakamura get in the ring, it, 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 it's a it's a more slow, drawn-out kind of match. And... Maybe not that exciting, and I don't want to sound like the fan is like, "Oh, they're not doing this. they're not jumping all over the place." So I'm not going to be, um, you know, in tune with what's going on. I just feel like the dynamic in the ring is, is, is a lot different than when AJ fights uh, fucking Dean Ambrose or Roman Reigns or somebody else, and Nakamura fighting somebody else. When they get together, it, it's a very different a very different dynamic than what they than what you see when they go on their separate selves. So, Graham. I'll start with you, AJ Nakamura. What did you make of the? What did you make of the match? And do you kind of like agree with what I'm saying? Where when they get a match together, you know, we're always here. Like hmm, that, it was okay, but it wasn't like what it, it what it could have been.
0: I do agree to an extent. I actually liked the match. I thought it was the second best match in the show. Again, not saying much. This show is a fucking shit show. But I thought before the awful finish, that it was turning into a real good match. Um, The chair shit, the stuff that they did outside the ring. I thought it was a really, really good match. Easily better than the other two. I thought the greatest Royal Rumble match was better than the Mania match. And this match was better than the greatest Royal Rumble match. So it's still not the Wrestle Kingdom 9 or Wrestle Kingdom 10, I think it was, match they had for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, They're getting there. They're getting there. I know people will not be enthralled with the fact they're going to have another match, very likely, at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view coming up next month. Um, I would hope that's where they finally have the match. We all know they can produce. I think Nakamura has been doing great as a heel so far. So I'm hoping that can help it with the dynamic that they have. It was much better than the Mania match. So I don't really know. I I thought it was a, a great match, but maybe that's just because the rest of the show really was not that good. But there really is no debating that the finish was beyond terrible. a Fucking draw in a no disqualification match? Are you kidding me? That was so beyond lame and uncreative and unoriginal. I don't even know what to say about it. But it drew out the feud. It dragged it on a little longer, which is fine. I mean, I'm all here for AJ Nakamura and more of that going into Money in the Bank. But I just thought it was a real letdown of a finish. And that explained why they didn't have it go on last. They really should have, it should have been the main event. But even if they had this closed the show and gave us the finish they did... I still would have been happy with that. than what the fuck? Whatever we got with Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe later on in the night, because that was a travesty. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I thought this was good up until the finish. Mark, what did
1: you make of AJ and Nakamura Part Three?
2: I too thought this was... this is this. Well, before before the finish, let mm-hmm. me let me preface this statement. <laughs> before the finish, I thought this was the best of the three matches, uh, the same way that Graham did, uh, but. I think the reason why the crowd is having the reaction that they're having is that the the story is just. I mean, it's just not good. It's just not been good. It's been. I mean, the double countout was so was so lame, and this was even lamer. So, I mean, there's no there there is no uh, faith in that story, and 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 uh, having it ending uh, in a satisfying way. If that makes any sense, I feel like the fans are already kind of anticipating that, well, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be BS because that's what the last two matches have been. That's what that's what this match and, and the, the Saudi Arabia match was. I mean, it was just crappy finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly not a case of them not having chemistry together because, as Graham said, the Wrestle Kingdom 10 match a few years ago was incredible. That match was amazing. Like, that was so good. Um, that match was better than any match uh, in WWE, you know, for years, uh, possibly. Not including NXT, so I mean, uh, I, I I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's maybe they're not as uh, they're not as motivated. Maybe maybe they're I mean they're just kind of going through the motions too because they know the story kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly don't know 100 percent what it is. I, I I don't even know if it's the fans not you know not expecting a certain kind of thing. I think that uh, I think this I think it's really been the story. The, the WrestleMania match I I would I would agree. That it was, it was, it was the athletes. It was, it was the. I mean, they they just didn't have a good match that night for whatever reason. I don't know what it was, but the 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 finishes of these of these last two matches. If, if there was a better finish, we'd probably be talking about these matches being pretty good, you know, because ha- they would have had a, you know a, uh, uh, a much more satisfying conclusion. They would have had like a nice. Uh, I mean, these guys know how to finish matches. It would have they would have been a nice pace to finish the matches. But we got we got a double nut shot. Finish for in a, in a in a no DQ match. I mean, come on! It's 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 you're not doing anyone any favors with this with this storytelling. If that is your best way of continuing this story and 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 having it go on and and adding a layer to it, that's I mean that's just lazy writing. If you can't think of a better way to continue an AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura story for another pay per view. I don't. I don't know what we're doing here. I mean, that's just. I mean, a double nutshot. I mean, this is not. This is not Santino Marella. This is not two comedy acts. You know what I mean? I just. I just think that. Uh, I just think that it, the whole thing has kind of been a mess from the beginning. I feel like we, we should hit the reset button on, on this on the storyline because it's just. Ha- it's just n- not been good.
1: Well, I mean, just to give you a little breaking news, uh, Mark. I mean, uh, there, there are no great stories in any of these. Matches or whatever for, for, for backlash, even at the backlash, even for the greatest Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, you know, you know, backlash back in the day used to be that pay per view where it came off WrestleMania and it was like, all right, there's a rivalry going on, there's a feud going on. What happened to me at WrestleMania that I, I, that I want to get my revenge and everything, and that that, that storyline was built through from WrestleMania through backlash. Um, and now the fact that you're just putting on matches that it's like now, for example, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, uh, like, like, like Graham said, what was the point of their match happening? Oh, that Jeff Hardy took uh, Orton's spotlight on the entrance and vice versa. So now they have a, now they have a match for the U.S. title. And AJ Nakamura, their storyline's been going back and forth and there's no real heat. There's no big real back and forth and and when you have a pay-per-view like backlash it's like what are we doing here
2: i, I felt like um backlash like to your, to your point i felt like that was kind of like a nice like all right we're we we're, everything everything is fresh now it's it's, uh, it's 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 uh it's a whole new a whole new deal uh you know all fresh matchups you know we got the superstar shake up and yet we're kind of we're kind of doing the same crap that we were doing we're kind of still stuck in the mud from WrestleMania, it's kind of like the WrestleMania hangover card rather than like the the, the refresh, like the start of like a new season, uh, you know, of your favorite TV show. It doesn't feel like a new, uh, you know, a new season. It feels like a hangover from that from the last season. That, that's how it kind of came off to me.
1: Um, yeah, I, I felt like it was it was okay, but then it's like, all right, so now we're gonna prolong this. I don't mind it prolonging. It Just give me a, a reason, like, oh, okay, now we see what they're doing. This is dope, and but another. Like Graham said, like we all said, a a, a fucking no contest to a no D Q match and both couldn't get the, the to the to the count of ten and what's next what's next? A last man standing match and like it just these little things going on, but it's like wh- why why are they beefing? Oh, because Nakamura hit AJ in the in, in the fucking nuts. Wow, that that's very creative here in twenty eighteen. Like what else can you do? And and, and that's been the program for, for three months now, but anyways, fellas, um, uh, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn tag match. A match that we saw on Raw like, like two weeks ago is on the pay-per-view. For what reason? I have no idea. Mark, I'll start with you. Um, Strowman and Lashley get the win over KO and Sami Zayn. KO and Sami Zayn start like going back and forth, bickering. And um, anyways, this match happened.
2: <laughs> Whatever. Move on. All Next. right,
0: Graham. Yeah. Well, Mark said, what a waste. (laughs) They're killing all their heels. Raw has no fucking heels right now. This was a waste of time.
1: And we get to the main event, Roman Reigns against uh, Samoa Joe. Roman Reigns defeating Samoa Joe um, left a lot of people dissatisfied. One, that this was the main event. Two, Reigns going over uh, Samoa Joe in the main event. We're seeing pictures and video of fans leaving the arena early, and we don't know. How much to what extent? Of like what portion of the what portion of the match was that happening? Of course, fans are gonna boo Reigns in in, in, in any match. Um, uh, you know, if it, if it were up to me, I would have had AJ Nakamura be the main event. Only if they were gonna make the title change hands, but um, if that wasn't gonna happen, I we all just knew Reigns was was gonna main event this match. Uh, Graham, I'll start with you. Reigns going over Samoa Joe. How was the match? Are you happy that he (laughs) does it make any sense? And now what? Because Roman Reigns remains on Raw and Samoa Joe is now on SmackDown.
0: None of this made any sense at all, which is exactly why it played out the way that we all thought it would. Uh, With Roman beating Samoa Joe, I did not think it was going to be any other way. I mean, I figured there was a small chance Samoa Joe might win because logically, if you have Roman lose to Brock two pay-per-views in a row, you continue to tell the story of Roman... You know, being down on his luck, he's on a losing streak, and not the fact that he's a fucking underdog, because as we established, that is not the case, clearly. Um, But they could, you know, have him get frustrated and have him turn heel, what a concept. But we know they won't go that route. But as a match, this was really disappointing. And it's not like they don't have chemistry either. Every other Roman Reigns-Samoa Joe match I've seen, dating back to last year and earlier this year for the Intercontinental Championship, they've all been really good, if not great. So, maybe it was the fact that there was nothing on the line here. It was literally a match for, like, fucking pride. Like, who cares? After a three-hour show, this match started at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. Why this show in overtime, I have no clue. But this was a just a, a complete bore fest. Samoa Joe had Roman in, like a, in a rest hold for, like, five minutes. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then Roman won clean after that. So, yeah, no, this made no sense. Then Joe, no favors. He's not damaged by the loss, but... They are not uh they're they're really doing more damage than anything to Roman Reigns right now. And I, I just I'm I'm stunned they don't realize that. I'm stunned they don't see that.
1: But Graham, even 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 that, real quick before I get to Mark, you, you know, harping back on what Mark said about the storyline with AJ and Nakamura, what's the point? My thing was you're at a backlash and Reigns is fighting Samoa Joe. what's the real feud? What's the real heat? Samoa Joe is saying, Oh, you can't beat Brock Lesnar? I mean that that was the storyline.
0: Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. it. What that was, else? That was a. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it comes with the whole thing with um, you know, having a shakeup eight days after WrestleMania, which I agree with. <clears throat> but why would you start a Roman Reigns Samoa Joe feud? I mean, maybe they didn't know Samoa Joe was going to SmackDown, but it's like, does this company ever think things through? Like, why would you start so many feuds before the fucking shakeup happens? And messes up half your storylines. Like it makes absolutely no sense. And then we had everything at, at the greatest Royal Rumble. With um, with Samoa Joe being in a random IC title match. And Roman losing to Brock. And Brock now won't be seen. He's apparently not wrestling in Money the Bank. Raw has its issues right now. I don't know what the fuck is going on with the Raw side. But uh, they, they have their fair share of problems. But when it comes to Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. Yeah, the feud was really just... Serve no purpose, we've seen them feud before. Mm -hmm. Roman's won before, and he beat him again. Samoa Joe is supposed to be challenging for the championship. Hopefully, at some point, you would think he could eke out a win here. Roman Reigns is, I mean, when I say bulletproof, I don't think he would be damaged by loss. Win, lose, or draw, Roman Reigns is damaged goods regardless. Nothing's going to change that. Turning him heel, I'm not even sure a heel turn would salvage him at this point, because they've done so much damage to this guy, it's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, that ending outcome was really... A head scratcher, to say the least.
1: Mark Roman Reigns going over Samoa Joe. What you got?
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was just not uh, the fans made made the decision like they did at WrestleMania that they were they were not going to be into the match from the start. They were going to you know boo Reigns. There they were. I mean, look, it's it's uh, it's not it's not just now the reactions in arena. The ratings were down this week, big time on Raw and on SmackDown. I mean, this is not—they've uh, been down. They, yeah, but this week was the worst in, in, a, in a while. In a while, um, and uh, I mean, eventually they have to start listening to what the fans are telling them. Uh, you know, not just by their reactions, you know, in the arena, but also by their decisions uh, financially and, and by their decisions as far as viewing choices. Because their TV deal is up and they're in the middle of negotiating with with these different broadcast partners like Fox. Um, Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they're still going to get a a really good deal because they still do good ratings compared to most things on on, uh, on cable and on television right now. But no one wants to see a downward trend. And that's kind of where, where it's at right now. And if they continue trying to shove Roman Reigns down the fans throats as a, as this babyface destroyer who, you know, was able to take five F fives and, and come back and, and, you know, uh, you know, and then come back and, and almost beat Lesnar in, in the, in the greatest rumble, but then you got screwed over because of the, you know, the, the crashing through the cage hole type deal. I mean, nothing about this is really sitting well with fans. And, uh, Look, I mean that's that's gonna be the deciding factor, right? If if they start making if fans start making their decisions based on on finances and that kind of thing, they gotta do something to change it. And I, I don't know what that is, but the first thing you can do is something different with Roman Reigns. And as Graham said, I don't know, uh, he's so he's so damaged by it. And and Brock Lesnar was damaged by it. And that's why I guess there was that whole thing with him and Vince McMahon after WrestleMania where they got into a little bit of a, a tiff backstage uh because right now the writing is not good as you said randy the storylines are not good and uh it's it's kind of being rejected it's being re- rejected by the fans and i don't know what the solution is i feel like you have to just almost blow it up you know uh, i mean obviously they're not they can't do that but mm-hmm. they got to start gradually making a progression back to things that that make sense and, and that work and Roman Reigns in in this spot is is not it's just not it's not working. I mean that there's no other way around it.
1: Hey listen man, I, I think I think the problem's go beyond Roman Reigns um you know fans walking out booing booing him and um ratings being lower now on Raw and SmackDown. It it goes beyond Roman. Uh, It it goes to a point where you know the characters, um, the wrestling in the ring, um, the build up to a show, the build up to a pay per view, um, the writing. How can how can you be more creative in 2018? How can you put on a TV show in 2018 and have it look like 2018? Um, Just being different, being innovative, and not being so just you know. Cookie cutter by the book, and hey, just go out and have a match, and we'll do these selfie videos, and you know, we'll 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 create a rivalry a feud because you took my spotlight during the entrance, and you wasn't my tag team part of this, and like at at some point, fellas, you know, I can't put the blame only on one guy, you know, meaning Reigns. Um, he can he can only do so much. The way they the way they the way they had, for example, Mark. The way they had Ronda Rousey run around the ring chasing Alexa Bliss last week was like, and that's that's all she did. And this is the biggest star you had come into your company in in quite some time. And this is what this this is the best you have for Ronda Rousey to just. Save that you know Natalia, and then run around and chase Alexa Bliss, and then you have Brock Lesnar fighting whenever he wants, and then you have Brock Lesnar just stand in the middle of the ring and have Paul Heyman do promos the whole time, and you know, and then the rivalry between Brock and Roman was, has been stale for so long. That's not Brock's fault. That's not Roman's fault. It just the writing. It's the creative. I mean. What else can you do when you have two of the biggest stars in the company, and it's the same thing over and over? The same thing with AJ and Nakamura. What are you doing with them? What are you doing with John Cena? What do you do with this? You have Undertaker beat Rusev, and like we can go on and on and on. But the fans, to me, they 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 pinpointed too much to 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 Roman Reigns, where at at, at, at some point they weren't doing anything with Finn Balor. They weren't doing anything with Seth Rollins and so on and Braun Strowman and so on and so forth. So I think it's a big conglomerate of a mess that, you know, again, I'm speaking from a fan perspective. I'm not an expert like that. But, you know, if for you to get those casual fans back watching your product week after week after week, especially after before and after a pay-per-view and you're like in the 2.3, 2.4, whatever million, like, like, dude, you know, back in the day, you're getting four, five, six, seven, eight. I know, I know, it's a different time, but that right there tells you th- there's more than one thing that's not working, and 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 that goes beyond turning Roman Reigns or keeping him as a good guy.
2: And and don't get me wrong, and I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I'm not, I'm not blaming this uh on on roman reigns I at all I don't, I, I don't think uh i don't think it's his fault i think it's it's certainly the office not not the talent i think roman reigns is really freaking good um uh i just don't i just don't think uh they positioned him in, in the correct way true. uh for for his, his strengths
1: true um so that was backlash you know it, it came and went we got Money in the Bank coming up in a month and a half. They did some qualifying matches on Raw on Raw SmackDown for both the, the the men and women. I think at the moment we have Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, The Miz, and Rusev in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. And I think it's Ember Moon and somebody else from The Women. Help me out. Who else is, is in that match?
0: Uh, I think just Charlotte for The Charlotte? Women. Okay, Charlotte and Ember. Yeah, that's
1: it. Charlotte and Ember Moon for the Money in the Bank qualifying for the women. Um, it's, it, it's it's in Chicago, so you never know what, what might happen. Uh, possibly uh, th- maybe Reigns and, and gender, get that whatever going on. Um, oh, God, uh, yeah, help us. I, uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't wait for that. Um, but knowing that Money in the Bank is, is a month and a half from now, we'll get to that at some point. But, Mark, you mentioned something real quick that, With the TV deal and and that was a perfect segue recently and you can help me out along the way the UFC is either working on a deal with ESPN Plus or or coming to an agreement with ESPN Plus to to be on their digital app Um, what does that entail I I think it's 12 to 15 uh, events on the app I could be wrong but now what does it mean what does it mean one for UFC to work out a deal with ESPN and two how does that affect them where they're they're still under contract with Fox Sports and FS1 um, for like another year, year and a half. Do they still re-sign with them and then also have the ESPN deal? And how does that all affect the WWE where they may want to get out of USA USA network to go on Fox Sports and Fox Sports 1?
2: Right. So, So this deal with ESPN Plus begins January 2019. Right now, Right now, the UFC and Fox have an exclusive deal uh, with each other that, that runs that runs out in December of this year. So, uh, so this this ESPN Plus deal, it'll be 15 events per year. I think over five years, they're getting paid about 150 million dollars a year from ESPN Plus to do these events. That will only be one part of the UFC's television slash broadcast slash cable slash Streaming package. This is going to be the, this is going to be the online digital way to watch the UFC. So they will also sign with another, probably more traditional media company. Uh, what I what I what I mean is like yeah, you know it'll be cable, it'll be regular television. It'll probably end up being Fox. Although I know uh, NBC has also been interested in signing them up, signing them up. So I, I think uh, I think they'll probably end up back with Fox Sports. For their usual fights on FS1, you know, a few times a year they'll fight on on Big Fox. Uh, I think that'll that'll stay uh, the same. They'll get a little bit more money for them, and, and they're going to do real well. I mean, uh, right now ESPN Plus, uh, this new deal they just signed is gonna is, is already going to be paying them what they're getting paid by Fox now. So you, you'd imagine that that the broadcast, the the cable rights are going to be even more than that. So the UFC is going to make out very well um, when all is said and done. Uh, how it affects WWE, I don't know so much yet because I think uh, I think that there will still be room for WWE to come to Fox. It's possible we could be seeing the UFC and WWE both on Fox, on FS1, on Big Fox, maybe Raw on Fox is what I've seen, uh, SmackDown on FS1, something like that, maybe both of them on FS1. So that's not that's not out the window yet. Even if the UFC does go back to Fox, I could still see WWE going there as well, or they can go back to uh, to USA, or you know NBC could could pick up the UFC uh, uh, broadcast deal for for cable. That kind of stuff is still up in the air. This is kind of just one piece of the puzzle. So I can't I can't really say how it's going to affect the UFC yet because I don't know where they're going to be on cable. I, we know they're going to do you know 15 events per year on the ESPN streaming service. They're going to incorporate. Uh, some of their UFC Fight Pass, which is their digital service, that's pretty much going to go all, almost all on ESPN as far as all fights. Uh, the live shows that used to be on UFC Fight Pass are now going to be on ESPN Plus. Uh, the the Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, which is kind of like their uh, developmental, uh, you know, their developmental uh, program. It's like a, it's like an eight week uh, you know season where you know you can earn a spot in the UFC. That's going to be on ESPN Plus now. So. These are these are good things for the. Uh, this is really good for the UFC. I know that some fans are upset because it's another monthly fee that you got to pay. You know, another four ninety nine a month you got to pay in addition to what you already pay as a, as a UFC fan for the pay per views, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, and then we got to wait and see what happens with with the broadcast, with the with the television, and uh, how many pay per views the UFC ends up doing. Because right now they're doing you know twelve or thirteen a year at 60 dollars a pop, which adds up. You know what I mean? And 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 the the pay per view numbers have gone down over the last you know four or five years. They they've uh, the average the average number is not what it, what it used to be. That's one of the reasons why why WWE went to the network uh, exclusively because pay per view numbers are kind of going down. So we'll see how many they do. Maybe they do less than they have been. Uh, we'll we'll see. It really it really just depends on whatever whatever is going to make them the mo- the most possible money.
1: Hey, I, I mean, listen. It, it it all sounds very interesting. Uh, I think you know. I think it can also help the WWE where they can go to Fox, F, uh, Fox Sports, Fox and Fox Sports One to kind of decrease that three-hour time frame. I think that's that's was also killing them. If they go back to two hours and really just harp on what's important with their roster and stuff like that, I think that that'll be a blessing. Uh, for both Raw and SmackDown. If, if, if Raw goes to Fox and then SmackDown goes to FS1, um, that'll be great for them. I think it, it's also great for the UFC to be on, on a big brand like ESPN um, because, you know, still, from what I see and I read, not, not a lot of people either don't have FS1 or don't even see FS1 or don't even know what channel FS1 is on. So when you're on the national stage, like ESPN with the app and the ESPN Plus, I think it'll get a lot of eyeballs, a lot of traction. Uh, I think it'd be very cool if they would were to be on ESPN and be on Fox uh, and slash Fox Sports One at the same time. How that would work, I don't know, but I think it'll be very creative where they can corner the market. Where no matter where you go, UFC is on online, on digital, and on cable. So, uh, but like you said, that don't start, that don't kick until 2019. So we're another year away from that even happening. But I think all in all, it'll be, it, it should be beneficial for them, and also hopefully if they're not even around for Fox Sports and, and, and Fox, it should be beneficial for the for the WWE to not even remain on USA. I think I think they will have more freedom to do a lot more, I would to say adult, but more older kind of content where it's not so kitty and not so this and that. And um, I think both need, I wouldn't say need a change, but if there's one company that needs a change it's not UFC, it's the WWE. So I want to get Graham on this. Graham, what do you make a whole the whole thing about UFC ESPN stuff?
0: <sighs> Disney's a fucking monopoly, is all I gotta say about this. Collecting, collecting <laughs> companies right. like fucking Infinity Stones, like they're Thanos or some shit like that. But, uh, now I was surprised to hear that. I was not expecting that. Uh, I think Mark summed it up very, very well. He has much more analysis and much more expertise on the subject than I do, but I, I thought it was an interesting move. Hopefully it's, uh, beneficial for both parties involved here.
1: Definitely. Um, before I get Graham out of I'm sorry, before I get Mark out of here, we're gonna wrap up anyway. Um, Listen, I said like a month ago, what if uh, Hulk Hogan came back at, at, at some event, WrestleMania, what if he popped up? What if he, he was Braun Strowman's partner? Long story short, the, the, the talk of him coming back in some capacity is, is very high. It's, very, it's, it, 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 it's out there. So seeing Hulk Hogan back, again, not to wrestle, but seeing Hulk Hogan back in the WWE at some capacity, um with the likelihood being real out there, Mark, are you more like, I'm kind of cool with it, but I think it's too, too soon, it doesn't matter to me, um, which lane are you in for a, a highly likely possible uh, return for Hulk Hogan?
2: I'm going to pretend that you asked me about uh, Chris Jericho being back in New Japan. I'm going to ask you right after uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking, Randy. I, that's, that's exactly what I want to talk about. Uh, Chris Jericho re- made his return at Wrestling Dontaku in Fukuoka, Japan. He attacked Tetsuya Naito, kind of uh, reprising the, the budding robbery that started at New Year Dash back in January. Jericho kind of made it seem like he wasn't going to be back. All of a sudden, he appeared. There were some reports during the week, of course, that he was in Japan. But uh, it was cool to see him back. It was was a brutal beatdown. Uh, Naito bladed. There was blood everywhere. It was a lot of fun. Jericho cursed about 75,000 times because he can curse in New Japan. He can't curse in WWE. He seems very excited about that. So he's going to face Naito at uh, Dominion, which is uh, New Japan's second biggest show of the year after wrestled Wrestle Kingdom the Tokyo Dome Show and that's going to be uh, the first week I want to say, say June 9th in Osaka and the main event of that card is going to be number 4 Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega uh, 2 out of 3 falls no time limit it's going to be freaking awesome yes that's all I got for you
1: can you answer the whole Kogan question before you leave
2: Hulk Hogan, yes, uh, I would there prefer him not. I would prefer him not come back. Um, not a fan of some of the stuff that he said on that video. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, I hope. I hope that he doesn't actually feel that way. Uh, I hope that if he did feel that way, that he's changed his tune a little bit. Um, and I do understand that Hulk Hogan is is uh, an icon, and he, he's probably the most famous pro wrestler ever. Um, so I know that of course he'll be back in in some some capacity. But I, I just hope that he's kind of. Uh, Realize the error, the error of his ways, because you just can't be dropping the N word, man. Like this is this is ridiculous. Like this is this is bullshit. Uh, you know, one love. You know, we're we're all we're all in this together. So uh, I don't like that racist bullshit, and I hope that he's uh, he's changed his ways.
1: Graham, stay right there, Mark. I know you got to run, but always appreciate you coming on,
2: man. Best of the Super Junior's New Japan starts next week. It's gonna be good. I'll all see you right.
1: Guys. <laughs> All right, man, take it easy, Graham. Yes, sir. Uh Hulk Hogan returning to the company. How do you feel about that? Possibly I returning. Gotta agree. What, what'd you say? Possibly returning, so.
0: <clears throat> yeah, keyword there is possibly. I mean, I right. think it's only inevitable. I think even when all this stuff broke down I think what, three years ago at this point, I think we all knew that he would be back at some point. I mean, there's still a lot of people who don't want to see him back, and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. As a Hulk Hogan fan, I mean obviously no one was a fan of what he said in that videotape, despite whether it was ten years ago, a year ago, five years—it doesn't matter. You say what you say. You got to—you got to hold yourself accountable for it, which I assume he has, and he's been, you know, doing a good job of rehabbing his public image in in recent months, years, whatever. So I think it's only really a matter of when and not if Hulk Hogan comes back. I thought we would have gotten it at WrestleMania last year, or maybe Raw twenty-five, or WrestleMania this year. None of that stuff happened, um, but I do think he will be back at some point in the very near future, especially now that they have uh, worked together through the uh, Andre the Giant documentary. I think Hogan will be back. I mean, he doesn't have to be back in a regular role. I don't want to see Hogan back as the fucking GM of SmackDown or some shit like that. But if you bring him in for, you know, every once in a while for a cameo, just having him back in the good graces of the company, mm. I think is helpful for all involved. He doesn't need to have a uh, you know a, a regular presence on the show, nor should he. That would ruin his um, any appeal he has left very quickly. So I would bring him back in the fold at some point, and hopefully um, we can move past the whole controversy and the whole you know Hogan mess from a few years ago.
1: Yeah, I I think I think he'll come back. I think it is inevitable. You know what he did was wrong, absolutely. But I think you know not think, but I know that you know McMahon and the whole WWE they they, they're big on second and even third and even fourth chances. We've seen it with, you know, the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and before um, Eric Bischoff and the Warrior and Bret Hart. We've seen, you know, they just kiss and make up and just kind of, uh, you know, Kurt Angle just, just recently. Um, Goldberg. So they, they do their due diligence to give you second, third, fourth chance. And, you know, it is inevitable for to have Hulk Hogan back with the company at some capacity we just don't know whether it's a GM or back behind the stage kind of guy I, I doubt it'll be an in-ring talent uh, it could be a manager we just don't know but I think um you know fans should hold off on, on, on him returning depending on what he does but what he did was wrong absolutely but we all know this company is very big on, on giving a second chance to some of their heroes from back in the day but Before I I wrap it up, Graham, you know we always do this uh, anniversary stuff, and I'm going to take it back to a pay-per-view that either A, you probably never heard of, or B, never seen, or have not seen in a long time. Uh, May 11th will be the 21-year anniversary for In Your House, um, Cold Day in Hell. Yes, we had pay-per-views called In Your House back in the day. Um, I'm going to run through this card and you're going to tell me whether you've seen this pay-per-view before or not or ever heard of it. First of all, have you heard or seen this pay-per-view before, Graham? I have, but (laughs) not
0: in the least. It's one of those shows when I know you had mentioned at the start of the show we'd be talking about it, so I looked it up on Wikipedia real quick because off the top of my head I cannot remember any matches that happened on the show. Mm -hmm. I have seen it. I've I've seen every pay-per-view on the network at least once. Um, It was at least a year ago, well over a year ago that I watched it, so it's been a while. But looking at the card, it was a pretty notable card, but I have seen the show before, though, yeah. All right, so real
1: quick, uh, In Your House, Cold, Day in Hell, from May 11th, 1997, uh, we had Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeat Flash Funk. Whoa. Uh, (laughs) Mankind defeated uh, The Rock, Rocky Maivia. The Nation of Domination defeated... Uh, The nation, they had crushed Farouk and Savio Vega. They defeated Ahmed Johnson in a gauntlet match. Ken Shamrock defeated Vader by submission in a no-holds-barred match. And the main event, we had The Undertaker defeat Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF Championship, the longest match on the card at 20 minutes. Um, The main match, I recall, was the championship. It was... um, one of the very few championship matches Stone Cold had one-on-one. Um, and again, the the name of the pay-per-view was named after him and, and Taker, the whole kind of cold day in hell stuff. Uh, I thought that was the best match on the card, a, a very good underrated match. Um, during that time, Stone Cold was still climbing the ladder to be the top guy in the company. Uh, this was a couple of months after WrestleMania 13 with Bret Hart. So Stone Cold was becoming the crowd favorite, even though he was a tweener with the good guy, bad guy stuff. But he was becoming the crowd favorite. People buying the Austin 316 shirts. That wave was very hot back then. And he'll become champion a year later. But I think the, the match that stands out is Stone Cold and take it for the
0: world title. Yeah, it's got to be a one-match show. I don't think this was a bad show, but the undercard was—I mean, what Ken Shamrock, Vader, no DQ match. Who cares? Mankind and Rocky Maivia. Who gives a shit? Um, but the main event was really, really good. I mean, like you said, Undertaker, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. I do remember watching that. It was a very good match. This was mo- one month removed from the infamous or the the classic contest, as we've discussed multiple times here before in the show. Between Stone Cold and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 31, or 31, fucking 13. And uh, <laughs> this was the fallout from that matchup. And Stone Cold, once again, having a strong showing in defeat against the WWF champion at that point, The Undertaker. So, um, yeah, great match. Another uh, another opportunity for Austin to showcase his skills as a future main eventer. And I thought he did just that, even in defeat, looking good. And it would not be until, I think, Mania 14 when he would win his first championship. So, mm. But uh, even a year ahead of that. He was looking good and was proving his worth as a future main event star in this company. But the rest of the show can be skipped over. Taker and Osno is worth reliving on the network.
1: And listen, you could tell this pay-per-view is old when you have the free-for-all as your, as your, uh, as your pre-show. And then you have Vis- Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Jerry Lawler announcing the whole shit.
0: Yeah, that's some nostalgia right there. Hey. That is some old shit. Yeah, free for all <laughs> and the kickoff. Shit. They should bring back free for all instead of the kickoff we have with uh, Bailey and Ruby Riot. Like, who cares? <laughs> they should bring back free for all for old time's sake. Listen, man, they should bring
1: back a lot of old stuff, but, you know, some don't want to go back in the past, and some people don't feel
0: like that stuff from back in the day was even that good. So it just... Yeah, I will. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Not everything was classic. I'm just right. saying for like a one-time thing, it'd be pretty cool. Free For All, Heat, whatever you want to call it. Heat's on the network, by the way, now. that just got out of this past week. I heard about that. I
1: have not seen it yet, but I heard you know they, they, they've been bringing a lot of these old um, shows on the network. So, you know, Sunday Night Heat was definitely classic back in the day. Uh, I do got to check that out. But for those who haven't heard of seeing Cold Day in Hell in your house... Go ahead and check it out on the network. You can follow uh, me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, letter J, C R U Z. You can follow Graham at WrestleRant. Great work for Bleacher Report and the host of the WrestleRant radio show. And Mark Raimondi on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. You can find his podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash cruise control podcast. Give us a download, rate, comment, subscribe, any feedback you have. Hit hit us up on Twitter and give us a like on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you to Mark and Graham. Uh, I appreciate you both.
0: Of course, Randy. Thanks for having me on as always, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy.
1: All right, you too. Adios. All right.